Let's talk some recruiting. Who will have the best career as the Notre Dame quarterback out of Kenny Minchie, CJ Carr, and Deuce Knight? Plus, which commits have seen their stock rise the most during this high school football season? That's all coming up in today's edition of Locked On Irish. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame podcast. Today is Thursday, October 19th, and I'm your host, Tyler Wojak. I'm a Notre Dame alum and producer covering college football for Fox Sports. And this episode of Locked On Irish is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and free. Post a job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And today on the show, it's time to talk some recruiting. I'll admit, it's been a while since I did an episode entirely dedicated to recruiting because I've just been so dialed into the actual football season, but I felt like the bye week was a perfect time to dive back into it because it's obviously super important. So in just a moment here, I'm going to be joined again by Brian Smith, our recruiting insider here at the Lockdown Podcast Network to catch up on the latest with Notre Dame recruiting. We'll go over the impact of four-star quarterback Deuce Knight's commitment in the class of 2025, um, as well as which prospects have seen their stock rise the most during the fall. We get into other commitments as well, and he'll provide the latest on a top target who is currently committed elsewhere but the Irish are working hard to flip. Let's bring in Brian. All right, I'm here with recruiting insider Brian Smith, and it's great to see you again, man. Uh, It's been a while, so let's get right into it. The headline lately, as it often is, is about the quarterbacks. And for Notre Dame, it's four-star quarterback Deuce Knight and his commitment to the Irish. And I'll be honest, at the time of his commitment, it took me by surprise because Notre Dame was down to him and Bear Bachmeyer out of California, another four-star quarterback in the class of 2025. And it seemed like whoever committed first was going to get the spot. Then uh, Knight decides to make his commitment, and now Deuce is the guy for Marcus Freeman in the class of 2025. So I'll just ask you point blank, did Notre Dame get the right guy? Um, I, I don't know if it was really down to those two. I think they're waiting to see what Deuce did first. Okay. I think that's <laughs> – so the answer is yes. Um, 41.9-inch vertical as a sophomore in high school, 6'4 and a half, 4'5", 40. Yeah, he's the right guy. He's the right guy. So, and he's a very smooth passer too. So he's just learning like everybody else at a young age, but he's got tremendous upside and he would fit in at Notre Dame academically and socially if he wasn't even an athlete. That's the other part. And he's already recruiting heavily for them too, which we'll get into a little bit too. Yeah, he's been very active. He's been on campus a lot lately and he has the size and the speed like you mentioned. What traits do you think he needs to work the most on in high school? Because he's still only a junior. He's got a lot of time before he'll uh, set foot on campus at Notre Dame. I always tell people, and this makes people throw things at their TV, but it's just the way it is. Quarterback takes forever. Uh, Along with offensive line, those are the two that develop the slowest. Until you've already accumulated 500 snaps in college most guys aren't very good and that's a lot of snaps there's no shortcut brother most freshmen and sophomores that play suck the guys in the top 25 last year of the major passing categories that weren't junior seniors and fifth year seniors you've probably heard of them drake may and this certain guy that notre dame played last weekend as well from southern cal they were the only like underclassmen that were consistently in those rankings it's it's hard and it's just about post-snap progressions. He's just got to learn the game like every other kid. But he's got an incredibly athletic frame. He can run and do all the things with the RPO game. And he's just learning with a big arm. So they'll be just fine. It's just, it'll take some time. 
Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You look at the top quarterbacks in college football right now. A few of them are guys who've been in college for seemingly forever, like Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix. And even though Caleb Williams is only a junior, he's basically been the starting quarterback for the past three years. So it's a lot to ask of these young guys. But really, Notre Dame quarterback recruiting has surged under Marcus Freeman. First, they signed uh, four-star quarterback Kenny Minchie out of Tennessee. They also have commitments from high four-stars and C.J. Carr and Deuce Knight. Obviously, it's not realistic to expect all of these guys to have great careers at Notre Dame. So if you had to guess which one of these three is most likely to have success as the starting quarterback for Notre Dame, because they could all have great careers. It just might not all be at Notre Dame. I always go with the one that's got the most experience. I mean, Kenny Minchie is already there. More than the, play, the, play, the playbook is everything at quarterback, man. Who gets to it first? Carr and, and like they get more talented as they go down the line. You could make that argument, but like experience at quarterback's different. So after Minchie, I have no opinion because I think he'll be the next starting quarterback that sticks. I think he'll eventually win the job. Next year is going to be kind of weird. I'm not sure how Notre Dame is going to play that. It's not a good year for transfer quarterbacks at all. So unless they get a certain young man from Duke to come up, that's possible maybe somebody like that. It's not a very good year. They may have to kind of roll with it and just kind of see where it goes. But they, they've got guys that they just have to start developing them. And let's be honest, it's been a minute since Notre Dame's quarterback room has looked like it's about to. So I don't care which one it is. Just let that player <laughs> earn his way onto the field. You know, as a Notre Dame fan, like growing up in Indiana, I, I didn't care who it was. Did he play good? So I yeah. just cared about Notre Dame winning. But uh, yeah, they have good options. And yeah. if you think about it, if you count Deuce, Name a school that's recruited three straight years as consistently as Notre Dame. That would be pretty hard. They'd have to be in the top five at least. So that puts you in a different category because when they went to the playoffs in 18 and 20, I mean, he wasn't a bad quarterback, but he wasn't going to win you games against Bama, Clemson, those kinds of teams. You have to get better at quarterback. Yeah, and then they had Sam Harbin, who's been great, but he also has spent most of his time at Wake Forest, and he only has one year. And if you think about it, you mentioned the transfer portal class. The most recent one hasn't been that great outside of Hartman either. I mean, Devin Leary was at the top. Hudson oh, Carter's at the Devin's top. Devin's been bad. Yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's interesting because some of the transfer quarterbacks are the ones at the top of the game, but it's actually taken a couple of years. But moving away uh, from the quarterbacks here to the offensive line, the last time I had you on, you said four-star offensive tackle Gerby Lambert is one of the best prospects in the entire country at the time. He was not committed to Notre Dame, at least publicly, as far as I know. And he's one of the highest rated prospects in Notre Dame's class. With this likely being Joe Walt's last year in college, questions about the backups, but also the understanding that it does take offensive linemen a long time before they get comfortable at the college level. How long do you think it will take before we start to see Gerby Lambert on the field on Saturdays? Earliest, like as a starter candidate, end of his redshirt freshman year. If Gerby's starting next year, it's a very bad sign. Things have gone sideways. Notre Dame's not where they want to be necessarily at offensive tackle, but true freshman at Notre Dame. And they, oh, by the way, they start with AM on the road next year. Yeah, there's zero chance he's starting that game. They're not going to put a kid out there like that. But I mean, Blake Fisher, I expect back. One of the other guys coming up, they can move guys around, and it's pretty easy to get one portal kid to Notre Dame. Lambert, I think, would be best served, like most kids, to wait till his junior year. But I would have said the same thing about Joe All, and he's one of the – that's one of the weirdest recruitments ever. Like, he was a kind of a late bloomer, played tight end until his senior year of high school, and look at him now. So, But Lambert was scouted and recruited by everybody. 
a lot of schools down here where I live wanted him. Miami offered him, et cetera. And they've gotten some pretty darn good offensive linemen in the last couple of classes. That's a great pickup for Notre Dame. This is a bad year nationally for offensive tackles. Lambert is consistently mentioned in the top three to five, however you want to rank them. So Notre Dame still did really good. But again, experience at quarterback and experience at O-line. Those are the two spots I don't want to see freshmen on the field. Totally get that. Do you have any concerns about Lambert's transition to the college level based off of the competition and the quality of it that he's playing in Massachusetts? 100%. It's different. Um, I know a lot of people, on, like I do a bunch of different podcasts around the network. The Wisconsin fans get mad at me all the time because I do that show a lot. And I mentioned like if some of the schools up there play down here, they get massacred. They would. And it's just a different, like uh, Don Bosco came down here and they got beat by like 40. And it's just, it's just different. Like it's crazy. Yeah. But the speed is just different. And he's, he's probably mauling most kids. And what junior film I saw, you know, he could have picked a couple of those kids up and put them between two slices of bread and had a sandwich. It's just not going to be the same. And when he gets to Notre Dame going against like Traore and some of those guys in pass rush situations, that's even harder than taking a guy on physically. Like Traore ate that SC guy alive and, and killed Caleb. And he's just going on sheer athleticism. Now add three years of experience to somebody like that, and you're playing against Michigan or AM or something. Yeah, it's hard. So it takes a while, man. But uh, he has the physical tools you can't teach. And he's a good kid. He fits Notre Dame. It'll work out in the end. But the adjustment that like I would love a first practice, full practice video of Gerby. Not for him, but for me, because it probably <laughs> won't go very well because the adjustment will be huge. Yeah, it will be. But he still has a really bright future, and that's just part of the – it's the nature of the beast, basically, especially on offensive sure. line. This past Saturday, Notre Dame hosted Nebraska commit uh, four-star tight end Carter Nelson for the USC game. And by all accounts, the visit went really well. Then again, I still have a hard time believing that a rural Nebraska kid is going to decommit from his home school, despite how bad the Cornhuskers have looked uh, throughout this season. So ultimately, where do you think Nelson will end up signing? I don't have any idea because I've talked to a couple of people that are close to this and the opinions are all over the map, but here's how desperate Nebraska is. This is bad. This is hilarious. The governor of the state has talked to the kid <laughs> for the love of mankind. <laughs> That's pathetic. <laughs> That's you're, you're just emptying all possible resources at that point when the governor's given a high school kid a phone call. He plays eight-man football, and he's a tight end, and your governor is talking to him. I want you to think about that for a second if you're a Nebraska fan. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make a, a basic statement. That program is dead. They can't get the kids they need. I mean, I understand, like, Carter and stuff. There's not enough kids where they are, and a lot of kids aren't going to go there anymore. That program is dead. That is an eight-and-four program. Prove me wrong. It, well, that's the thing is that they've been down for so long. And a big part of that is because they can't recruit kids. They don't have a great base around them. So oh, if they, they lose on Carter Nelson, who's from, oh, that's the state, why they want to get yeah. him. I get it. I get yeah. it. So if they can't get him, it's like, who can you get? <laughs> if the governor <laughs> well, doesn't work. <laughs> that's the other thing. Like how embarrassing will that, because everybody's going to make fun of him. Oh yeah. I don't even know the guy's name, but like, holy crap. So yeah, that's, so, that's bad news. What makes him such a can't-miss prospect? Because you mentioned it. He's playing eight-man football. He's probably not going against the best competition in Nebraska, but he's one of, if not the highest-rated tight end across the board. So what do people see in him and you specifically? Forget football for a second. I grew up in Indiana, and in East Central Indiana, where basketball is king. 
athletically, he's the kind of guy that could have played on a state championship basketball team in Indiana when I was growing up when there were dudes coming out all over the place. Athletic is all get out, very competitive, and he has enough length to play multiple spots. Like if you wanted to cross train him and at least entertain it, he could be an edge rusher or an outside linebacker. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him being a flex tight end, and I think that's a great fit. But if you're in that conversation to be an edge rusher, what does that tell you? So, yeah, he's he's a really unique kid. And I think a lot of coaches, this is good and bad, they're always intrigued by those kind of guys. I can be the one that gets him over the top. Coaches always think they're the guy. Yeah, the I can it's, fix it's, him. Yeah, oh boy. Don't get me started on that with the NFL and the idiots they resign over and over. Um, but this is a different situation. Good kid. Nothing wrong with grades or anything like that. It's just that he's played eight-man football. Can you imagine the shock he's going to get? Like we're talking about Gerby, even yeah. if it's Nebraska, like going to the Big Ten, these guys are big. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean? he's going to that first year may take a moment or two, but the athleticism will eventually win out. And the Notre Dame side, if they were to land him, at least they've got a bunch of good guys in front of him. Hell, if Mitchell Evans comes back, he might even be a favorite for the Mackey Award next year, which I never he's would good. have imagined saying a few I months ago. I didn't think so either. Yeah, I agree. We'll be right back with more from Brian Smith to talk more about Notre Dame recruiting. But first, I wanted to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill based, real money daily fantasy sports game. You pick two to six players, and if they will do more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Prize Picks adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience because you can watch your progress update in real time, win up to 25 times your entry amount, and cash out your winnings with quick scoring, settling, and withdrawals. I've been playing prize picks recently, and I have no idea why I waited so long. And what I love most about it is that you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available instead of battling thousands of other players, including professionals and sharks. So go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash college. Use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So Bryce Young, let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball just for a little bit here. He has shot up the recruiting rankings this season. And, you know, he's a Notre Dame legacy, great football pedigree in the family, obviously. But he went from being outside the top 300 in most recruiting services to now being top 100, top 150 player on most sites. Why do you think his stock has risen in the way that it has? Uh, there are several. Number one, he committed to Notre Dame, so people start paying attention to him. Uh, the recruiting services will never admit it, but there are certain schools when a kid commits, they want to publish their stuff as much as possible for clicks. Notre Dame's one of them. But he earned it, too, and he got a lot bigger. He went from like 215, 220 to he's like around 250, 260 now, and he's still at the same kind of speed. He's put in the work with either a trainer, his dad, whatever the case may be. And he could play strong side end or three tech. That's a rarefied air kind of deal because he can rush the passer. He's long. He's at least 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, That's the kind of kid that goes to Alabama most of the time. You know, I mean, Notre Dame, obviously his dad kind of helps here. 
Like if, if his dad's not who it is, is Notre Dame getting him? No, they're not. He'd be playing in the SECB at Tennessee, maybe North Carolina. But that's the difference. Right, right now you need all the help you can get because it is hard to get defensive linemen out of the South, man. That's why the SEC dominates. This is a kid that can help Notre Dame fairly early. I think by a sophomore year, he can compete for a starting role or at least be a key guy off the bench. And I tell you what, you got to give Freeman and everybody on the staff credit. D-line recruiting, has been. there's been some iffy moments. It looks like they're starting to pan out on some guys. Like, again, Traore the other day, that, that's as good a pass rush move as you're going to see. And the kid has no idea what he's doing yet. <laughs> he, I mean, he does. He just dipped around the guy and yeah. just beat him with sheer athleticism. And then, and then he celebrated 20 yards down uh, the field because he had no idea stop, what was going on. Let's stop with the hit on Caleb. And let's just move forward from there. Yeah, exactly. you're right. That was, that was bad. But anyway... They have put themselves in a position because, like, Tyson Ford, heck, he's third string. He'd be starting at a lot of schools, and 10 years ago, Notre Dame might have been starting him too. They're rotating guys because they're constantly getting kids in every class that can be competitive in some capacity, redshirting them and bringing them through. This is a great situation. They're doing, I'd say they've got a top 20 defense in any way, shape, or form you'd want to look at it, other than just pure pass rushing ability. They got a blitz. I get that but they got at the corners to get away with it. They got two NFL corners and that kind of helps. But now with the corners that keep recruiting and they're starting to get better and better D linemen, this should be a top 20 defense every single year, no matter who the DC is. I agree. Who are some other commits who have really improved their stock with their play this fall? And it doesn't have to be just defense, offense, defense, whatever you want to go with. I'm going to bring up a kid that I know based on several conversations, a lot of people like a lot more than what he's getting credit for. And that's Aeneas Williams. He's out of a, a podunk school in Missouri. I get it. But Alabama had him super high on their board. If Nick Saban really wants a kid, I want that kid. And I've seen enough of his film to know, too. Tremendous football player. I think that he has a chance to be a very versatile kid for Notre Dame. Could even play in the slot. They could run some 22 packages where he's in the slot, moves out, comes across jet motion, all kinds of things. And then the other kid is another North Carolina player, kind of like Bryce, and that's Micah Gilbert. He's gotten a lot faster, a lot twitchier. He's a big-bodied receiver that's kind of growing into his frame. That's a kid that's got a chance to be really good at Notre Dame that nobody's talking about. Notre Dame got a steal. Micah Gilbert is interesting, too, because Cam Williams is the headliner. He's the highest-rated sure. guy. He's been committed forever, it seems like, at this point. And people are already expecting him to come to Notre Dame and play right away. But I think Gilbert, just given how big he is physically, might even have a better chance to play early. And Notre Dame's... Let's just be honest, two of their best wide receivers this season are true freshmen in Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores. Now, lately, Greathouse has, has been dealing with some injuries, and Rico Flores has kind of hit that rookie wall, so to speak. But I still think they have very bright futures at Notre Dame. So what is it about what Chancey Stuckey has done to that room, not just recruiting, but in the types of talent that he's been attracting to Notre Dame? How has that sort of revolutionized that room? Because it's still in the early phases of it, but I think in a couple of years from now, what we're, the conversation about Notre Dame wide receivers is going to be drastically different. Well, they got James. They got they got the kid out from California that's coming in, Salde. They got a variety of styles, sizes, inside, outside, guys that can play both. Like I think Greathouse could play all three, slot, boundary, and flanker. That's the difference. It used to be Notre Dame just got, you got these big guys, and that's great, but they didn't have enough speed, enough twitchiness. Now they got some slots, and even Jaden can play that. It's harder now to kind of scheme for Notre Dame. Theoretically, it's just they have been decimated with injuries. That's another concern I have. I, 
Like, I don't understand why everybody's hurt at one spot. I'm concerned on that. But at the same time, at least they have the talent on campus. Starting next year, Notre Dame, again, like you brought up completely truthful here, Mitchell Evans, with him in the lineup, with Reardon, with all these guys holding stays, I'm not saying that any of them is a top five pick or something, but all of them can make plays after the catch. When you have athletes like that at tight end, it helps the wide receiver group too. Really going to be unique for Notre Dame, whichever quarterback it ends up being, throwing the football. There was a lot made this offseason about Notre Dame taking projects uh, on the defensive side of the ball, guys who weren't necessarily in the top 300. Some of that noise went away after Notre Dame received commitments from top prospects, Kingston, Vilamu, Asa, uh, and Tay Johnson as well. But Notre Dame has proven that they can spot some diamonds in the rough, especially on defense like Benjamin Morrison. He wasn't even a top 300 player coming out of high school. Do you see another diamond in the rough for Notre Dame in this class? Oh, it depends on how you want to you want to evaluate it. I don't think they've got any guys that are low-hanging fruit or anything. I mean, I have to go through all the senior film to know for sure, but I mean, how many of them don't have an SEC or Big Ten offer? Any of them? Um, I don't think I would call any of them completely under the radar or anything, but I, I, I know that everybody wants to see four-star, five-star. Too many recruiting fans are very boring and they don't want to spend any time going out and looking at themselves. But Notre Dame has done a great job with fit. Uh, for example, the DBs, they are paramount about kids that tackle and go through kids that aren't just swinging guys around. They want physicality first and foremost, like the Powell kid from Ohio. I'm not huge on him as a cover guy, but I think they'll use him in nickel situations and special teams. So I think he's going to be a full-time starter at Notre Dame. I do not. Can he help Notre Dame? Yes. Situationally, nickel-dime defense? Sure. They've just found ways to get fits. And if anything else, by the way, Mickens has kind of earned the right to pick who he wants because, yeah, yeah, I mean, look where the DB room was and look where it's at now. I mean, Leary's done a good job, too. Leary's done a good job, too. But the best recruiter of the two by a mile is Mickens. So this this is unique. Notre Dame's kind of finding a fit for what they do. And that's the bottom line, man. If you get the guys that fit your system, I'm not worried about the ranking as much. They'll work it out. I want to ask specifically about Mickens there for a second, because he's done a phenomenal job, not just as a recruiter, as a, but as a developer of talent that Notre Dame's cornerbacks are the best they've been in my entire life right now with Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart. So they're peaking 100%. right now. What is it about Mickens that makes him such an effective coach outside of just recruiting? Because there's already some conversations about, whether or not he could be promoted to defensive coordinator if Al Golden were to leave after this season. And at this point, it just seems like Mike Mickens has no ceiling at this point about what he can do at college football. I've met him. Um, I don't know him, but he is a very likable personality. Based on his nature, and just, again, I've only been around him once, I would say he's very cerebral and he can adjust. So with... (laughs) Dealing with 17-year-olds that have had 40 offers thrown at him, it's probably not easy, but his personality is going to work better than most. The old-school yelling, screaming, kind of Nick Saban-style coach from 25 years ago is no longer going to work. I think that would be part of it, but your point about him being mentioned as a possible candidate as a coordinator, Notre Dame or otherwise, is interesting because mostly you think linebackers, safeties, and D-line coaches are those guys. For whatever reason, corner coaches aren't that guy very often. That'd be kind of a unique sidebar to it. 
and it's such a critical position too. And he's, you know, he's played it. He's obviously coached it very well because he's got Cam Hart's going to get drafted and then Benjamin Morrison will leave after next year. They're in pretty good shape. I'm curious to see what he does because he's going to have a plethora of options after this year. So that's a really good topic. All right, last question before we let you go because we're running short on time here. Before we even started recording here, you said that Notre Dame is absolutely killing it in the class of 2025. We've already talked about Deuce Knight a little bit. Could you describe the sort of momentum that they have in that class right now with six current commitments? Well, it's where they're from. Uh, all but one is like a kid that's an underclassman from the South. Those kids, and this is no BS, most of those kids, when they first got a letter from Notre Dame, if you said, son, where's Notre Dame at? You'd have got glass, glassy looks. They'd said New York, California, North Carolina. Like, for real. They have no idea. I get it, yeah. So down here, people live in very small fishbowls because everything they want's here – if the culture is set totally different than it is in the North Northeast. It's hard. So for Notre Dame to do this the way they are, this is the first time it's been on this level in the South since the 95 class. That was Randy Moss's senior class. That's how different it is. So they part of it's deuce because his name carries weight. It's a big time quarterback from the South and he's a special player, but that's just the staff working hard too. I mean, they got kids from Florida committed, They've got kids in Georgia that are looking at them. They got kids in North Carolina. These are guys that have UGA offers, Alabama offers, Clemson offers, etc. And Notre Dame is getting their attention, getting them on campus. That's just effort, bro. That's just effort. Uh, I always like to say kids pick schools for the person, not the polo and like the logo. Notre Dame helps a little bit, but it's just the effort of the staff. You just got to give them credit. That's it. All right, Brian, I really appreciate the time. I know you're incredibly busy, so I wanted to give you the chance to promote everything it is that you're doing for this network and beyond, because I know it's a lot. Yeah, man, it's uh, I'm all over the place. I'm getting ready to do a whole bunch of videos for the Locked On Network on all the top 50 kids in the country, no matter where they go, et cetera. Notre Dame will have some of those, et cetera, for your channel. And you can find me at FBScout underscore Florida, whether that's on YouTube, whether that's on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I'm all over the place, man. You just, you look for me. You, you'll find me. All right, man. Thanks so much. Let's do it again soon. All right, buddy. Take care. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication in hand and it's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. That's a wrap for this episode of Locked On Irish. I apologize for getting this one up a little bit later in the day than normal, just kind of how things worked out with the schedule. But considering this one is going up on Thursday afternoon and Notre Dame is on a bye this weekend, there will be no Friday episode. But I will be back with you guys on Monday to start getting ready for Notre Dame's upcoming home game against Pitt. Plus, we have a lot more planned next week, some fun guests. So stay tuned for that. The best way to do that is to subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you're listening to the podcast and give us a follow on Twitter slash X at Lockdown Irish on Instagram at Lockdown Irish pod. And my personal Twitter account is at Tyler W O J C I A K. I hope you enjoy a nice, relaxing, stress-free weekend without learning football. But if you're like me, you're probably going to miss that anxious, nervous feeling when you wake up on Saturday. I know I will. I'll see you Monday.